This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name's Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Now, we're supposed to have Kate Bauer here today. She <laughs> couldn't make it. Kate, you look so pretty today. Thank you very much. <laughs> I decided not to shave. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to reschedule her. We're here with Josh Wolf. Um, Josh, I, I wanted to talk to you about so much today. Uh, this is a listener-driven show, so we've got some questions to dive into. But I heard you say something fascinating recently. By the way, you're a comedian. I am. And I'm going to get into uh, some of the comedy as well, although I'm sure it'll be apparent throughout. Um, but I want to talk about something serious first. Okay. Your, your marriage... I heard you talk about your marriage and how COVID may have saved it in a way. This all oh, the pandemic, the quarantine yes. may have saved it. Yeah. May have illuminated some things you weren't aware of. Yes. You know, I have been a touring comic for a long time. Um, and um, Let's paint that picture. What does that look like? You're on the road how many days a year? How many weeks a year? I would tell you the last three years in particular, I've been hitting it pretty hard. And I would say anywhere from... 40 to 46 weeks. Wow. Ooh. Wow. And so, but it seemed, the, okay, if you back it up a little bit, mm. what I've realized more and more the longer I'm in Hollywood, which is one of the reasons that we're moving, is that no matter how successful you get, you always feel like you need to be on the wheel. Mm. This town keeps you on the wheel. Oh, yeah. It be, it, 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 this town combined with social media because you're constantly looking at people who have more, who are doing better. That's mm -hmm. constantly what you're being shown. You need I, this is cool, but you shouldn't be satisfied with this because this is next. Yeah, and that's right. I'm gonna rest next weekend after I get this, and then you get that, and you're like, ooh, if I work a little harder, I get this, mm -hmm. right? And this town really keeps people on the wheel like that. It's how they keep the machine going. Yeah, it's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Right. So, and as a comic. You know, or especially early on, we work for Chicken Fingers. There, there is a different comic mentality, which is, I'm gonna take this gig because I don't know if it's gonna be the last gig I ever get. Yeah, wow. It's just that gig. We're like, I'm taking this one. I'll rest next weekend. So, you know how long the dry years are, and then you know there comes a point in time in your life where people are like, I don't want to see that fucking old dude. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. in your brain, you're like, I have this finite amount of time. I am going to go as hard as I can. Mm. So I was doing all of these weeks and I would tell my wife, you know, but we need the money for this. And we, you know, I just need the money for this. And every gig. And those aren't lies, by the no. way. And we can make up these stories. A hundred percent. It wasn't like I was saying we, we don't need to save money or we don't, right? But every next gig became the most important. Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like every next gig was like, mm, oh, I need, we do need this one because this. Yeah. yeah. And we had gotten used to an abnormal life being normal. We had gotten used to 
being apart and living apart. So when quarantine came, I, we, neither one of us realized that that was what was happening to our lives. And we talked about all the time about how much we love each other and we have this great relationship. And I think we, it was just talking points. Mm. And then the first two weeks was like a honeymoon. Mm. No. Thriving. Thriving. That's great. And then after those two weeks, it was like, hey, when are you going to leave me the fuck alone? Like, <laughs> I'm not used to you being here. We were used and this is both of you saying this. We were used to, so what, what she had ended up telling me was, you know, when you used to come home and the kids were young, it wasn't, I did not look forward to you coming home. I look forward to seeing you, but we had a flow. Mm. You upset the apple cart every time. Oh, wow. And then I had to come and reset that shit. Mm. Not that I was coming home and doing anything bad, but mm. I have my energy and she has hers. And she sets up her house for to have her flow when it's just her and the kids, which was a lot of the time. So I would come home and fuck that up. Mm. And um, then, so my kids are older, so we became empty nesters. And that's when it really became her life, my life. Mm. And together, when I was home, I was back on the wheel. So it wasn't like I was together in home and present. I was doing shows, I was doing gigs, I was taking meetings, and she was having her life. Mm. And um, we had just gotten used to that. And so quarantine made us realize how unhappy we were. Wow. Be- with each other. Mm, to, yeah. to being, you know what I mean? We, we were, I was just like, yeah, you know, I shouldn't be upset with you when you walk into the room and I'm by myself drinking coffee and you sit down and you're like, how's it going? I shouldn't be upset that you're in my space because we're married. Like yeah. I want to be with you, but I was so used to being by myself. It was the same thing. Like she was upsetting my flow that I set for myself, which is I do what I want during the day. I don't really have anyone else to, it's not that I'm out with hookers and Coke, but like I do what I want during the day because I'm by myself. Yeah. And we had to relearn how to be together and figure out if we still liked it. And how did you do that? We. What was the process like? Okay. For me, it was putting down my phone. Yeah. Um, you know, people tell you all the time, hey, you got the social media numbers got to go up. Content, 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 content. Mm, so that's the new carrot that dangles in front of your face for us, right? Mm. And so it was that, I was like, put that down, be more present, cook dinner together. Not that we couldn't, weren't gonna do our work and our stuff anymore, but like set time apart, walk the dog together, set time, even if it's just as small as, this is the show we're gonna watch together. Hmm. Or hey, we're not gonna turn on our phones until 10. Hmm. Or whatever those things were to reconnect and really be like, do are we still compatible? Because yeah. At that point, I don't think either one of us knew if if that is what was happening. Mm. I think a lot of these questions start to come up when we start to have these problems, and they manifest in different ways. They, mani- they can manifest in a healthy way where you start asking each other these questions, like, are we still compatible? Or they start to manifest in nitpicking and rage and passive-aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice any of that? 
Yes. Early on. And I also noticed and recently, and I, I can tell you recently, and one of the reasons I'm glad I turned off my phone is I could feel myself recently, both of us, sliding back down into that wheel. Uh-huh. Like the last three weeks, and things get tense in our house. Mm. We're, we're a little shorter with each other. We're, um, we, we're, when I see us downstairs in the morning, and I'm drinking a coffee, and she's drinking a tea, and I'm in the living room, and she's in the dining room, and we're both on our phones, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're back. We're yeah. back into the being those people. Uh-huh. And so I, I definitely feel a slip sliding back in every now and then, but the nitpicking and the jumping on each other, a lot. Yeah. A lot. And, and here's the thing. She is a very vocal person. She likes to talk it out. Uh-huh. Guess who doesn't? <laughs> you know what I like to do? No. Let's just be. Let's just figure it out as we go. I don't, I don't want to talk about it every day. Uh-huh. I really don't want to talk. I just want to learn how to do it. Yeah. But she's like, this is how we're going to learn how to do it. Right. We're going to learn how to do it by talking about it. Right. You kind of need a direction, right? And it sounds to me like that, that's what she's, she's saying. Is yes. that we, we need to identify what, what direction in which we're traveling. Uh, and you're like, I just want to travel. Yes. Uh, she wants us to be like, hey, if we have this schedule, like from here to here, this is, when we're, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to do from 10 to 11, no phone. We're going to talk, you know, we're going to just look at each other. We're going to take a walk or whatever we're going to do. And I want to be like, hey, let's just wake up in the morning with this is how we know we're supposed to do it. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but we don't. Yeah, do that. Yeah. We don't do that. We just slide into what we know best, right. which is work, work, work. Yeah. Not what we know is best, but what we already know. We, that's yeah. the thing you slide into the into comfort. Yeah, yeah. inconvenience. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about the 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 sort of the treadmill, the rat race, the, the carrot in front of you, whatever you want want to call it, and. Um, there's a philosopher who calls it object A. And so like, it's this term in philosophy, like as soon as I get whatever my object A is, it can be a new relationship, it can be the, the, the dream home, it can be the career, it can be the stand-up gig, it can be X amount of dollars, it can be the marriage, it could be drugs, whatever it, it, we think it is, it's gonna be the thing that satisfies everything. Yeah. And of course we always get it, and then we always feel it, the object of our desire becomes the object of our discontent in many ways. It's so fascinating that, especially, and I can't speak for other fields, in this field, people are never satisfied. Mm-hmm. People are never, I mean, I would, I've always said, man, if I was, why does Kevin Hart work so fucking hard? Mm-hmm. He's got a gazillion, what else, what else does The Rock need? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you have all of these things, but you're still, those two dudes are still grinding every day. Yeah. Now I think if you ask them, and by the way, they're both incredibly positive people and yeah. right. And, and, and I think live life the right way. Mm-hmm. But like I say to myself, oh, if I reach that level, I would take more time off, but would I? Right. But, but do you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. when are you ever satisfied? I want to learn how to be satisfied i just haven't figured it out yeah i haven't figured out how yeah what's well, that to you, do it you know, the, yeah. the sort of the four truths of buddhism are like one of them has to do with suffering right and yeah. and, and and the other one is desire right that, like, clearly there's there's a connection between yearning or craving it's probably a better word and 
suffering. Yeah. Now, if you were to give a charitable explanation to someone like The Rock or Kevin Hart, I don't know whether this applies to them or not, but but the charitable explanation would be is they really enjoy the journey. Yes. If, if the, so, that's great. But it very well could be that, well, maybe they're just craving and it's that whatever the new object day is, if I just make Jumanji three, then I'll be right, happy, right? Right, right, yeah. right, right. And I think the the truth is that if we're not contented with where we are, it's gonna be difficult being contented wherever we end up. Yeah. That's so interesting to say that I have a friend of mine who moves from state to state all of the time. Yeah. Basically, between two states, I should say. Okay. This state, California, and where he grew up. Okay. But every time he moves, he's like, "Nah, that you know what? I got to go back because this is gonna be better there." And I'm like, "I just don't think you're happy. It doesn't matter where you're moving, dude. Mm. You're you're chasing. You're thinking your location means happiness. Right. We've seen this now. No joke. Probably between these two states, probably done eight or nine moves that oh. I that oh. I know of." Yeah. Well, I, I actually want to talk to you about moving. Um, we're going to do it on the maximal because you're moving to Nashville soon. Yes. Yeah. 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 So maybe yeah. we can we can like psychoanalyze yeah, absolutely, absolutely. that as as a couple of amateur psychoanalysts. <laughs> I, I. But I would like. I mean, I would love to know like how, what what does satisfied feel like? Like how, how do you know what I mean? Like how, yeah. you guys seem, I don't know, if content, satisfied. I don't know what. The, but how do you know that? I know it seems like a, I want, it's almost like getting on the wheel to reach satisfied. Yeah, but yeah. how do you? I think it's uh, it, it's it's when Josh brought the Buddhist principle. It, that's where my mind went to is like life is suffering. So it's not about not suffering. It's about how do you deal with the suffering. Yeah. Um, I feel like minimalism has helped me get to a point where, uh, I'm comfortable with boredom. So tr- like going out of my way. So I'm a pretty big extrovert yeah huge extrovert and the biggest extrovert i know when we were when we were in when we were in missoula montana i remember just i didn't know a lot of people we just moved there i didn't know a ton of people so i was kind of like getting antsy getting uncomfortable um and milburn went to a movie by himself and he he sees to always do that but i just remember one particular time he went to a movie by himself i'm like what a psycho yeah what kind of psycho goes <laughs> to a movie by themselves <laughs> But then, like, but then that raised the question where I was like, "Why am I uncomfortable with that?" Yeah. So I started to do things that I felt uncomfortable with that that were kind of boring, but getting comfortable with being with myself essentially. So you know, now uh, I still want bigger and better things in the sense that you know we've got a documentary coming out, we have a book coming out. I want to go on tour with the book. I'd love to go on tour with the doc. I don't think we can do that though. But uh, but long story short, I'm always looking at the next thing. Mm-hmm. But if it all like just stopped right now. Like it's it's not the end of the world for me. It's pretty awesome. We get to do this every week. It really is awesome. Every, but, but you, but is part of being satisfied? Do you feel like finding that thing that you do love? Like for me, stand up doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Stand up doesn't feel like the wheel. Yeah, stand up is very satisfying to me. I was talking. So, so uh, let's talk about this word satisfying. I have something. Uh, it's actually in our new book that's coming out next year. It's mm-hmm. called uh, the Satisfaction Continuum. And so, like, I think the problem is we can. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> there you go. I think I think some people um, confuse uh, the different types of well-being. And usually, I think what we're talking about here is pleasure versus joy. So, so pleasure is on one end of that continuum and there's nothing wrong with it 
but like there's nothing inherently good about pleasure either like you can you could have sex meaningful make love with your wife and it's amazing you get pleasure out of that yeah you could also do heroin and get pleasure out of that mm-hmm. possibly even more pleasure yeah. right and, <laughs> and and that's going to ruin your life right? right and the same is even true with with sex right like you you can masturbate and get pleasure, but it's not nearly as meaningful as a as a shared experience with someone you love, mm-hmm. um, and and so I think there's this whole continuum. I wrote these four words down: pleasure, happiness, contentment, and joy. We conflate all of them. We use them interchangeably. Like yeah. oh yeah yeah, it makes me really happy, or mm-hmm. or, or yeah, we're really happy together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not a noble goal. Happiness should always be the byproduct, not the desired result. Yeah. Because happiness, at least in, in my view of happiness, it is, well, it's fleeting. And so we, we try to achieve, it's, it's the thing we're talking about with the object day. You'll get it and you'll feel happy mm-hmm. for an hour, a day, a week, a month. But do you feel like that is part of like, the happiness is part of the chase of getting what, whatever you say object A is. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And so it's not the object itself. It's almost the chase. Wait, and it's, the, it's finding and happiness the, yeah. in the chase. Yeah. In the chase. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and not just happiness, though. In, it's finding contentment. So I think the healthier version of, of, of all of this is is contentment, where it's, it's not as it's not fleeting like, like happiness is. It's being content with the current situation. Nothing wrong with improving upon the situation. In fact, mm-hmm. growth is really good responsible growth is there's some growth that's really bad you know cancer is a ter- you know tumor is a terrible kind of growth <laughs> yeah. right and so we can have cancerous growths in our life as well but then ultimately i think i think the 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 ultimate um version of this what the greeks would call eudaimonia we, we would just call it joy basically or maybe even tranquility but but that usually occurs by the way i'm going to use eudaimonia in a sentence <laughs> today and i'm gonna be you don't know what that means, you know what that means <laughs> but, <laughs> go ahead and google that get educated <laughs> well, I, <laughs> get your shit together find some eudaimonia right? <laughs> i only know because nicodemus is greek so. <laughs> So, yeah. so I, I think we're really talking about joy here, and that's always shared with other people. It's the, the and and it, huh? I, you can't be joyous on a desert island by yourself. In no. fact, mm-hmm. you could be content. You can you could be there meditating, perfectly content, monk in a cave. Mm-hmm. But even if you have a, a spark of joy on that island, it's because you've thought about someone else. You thought about the stand-up set you did that was really right. good, mm-hmm. right? And and the times it's going really well with stand-up, you lose all clock time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we call that flow state or any of these other things. But like, I, I just call it being alive. Like there are the times where you, you, you felt like your best self. You, you felt like your most alive self. And, and I think those are the things that we strive for in theory, but in practice, we strive for the, the pleasure yeah. because it's easier. Yeah. Y- you know, that's very interesting. I, I, hate everything about being a stand-up except doing the stand-up i hate the travel i now i do i didn't when i was younger Mm -hmm. but at this point i don't like the travel Mm. i don't like the hotel we've done it already it's, it's not it again. Yeah, it's isn't the, that weird how it starts out so exciting? Yeah, we did but, the same thing when we were on when we first went on tour. I'm like, we're doing it. Yeah, going across the country, and now you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and we did like a hundred cities in a year, and now it's like we got to do you know twenty cities in a year, and I'm like, shit, man. We yeah, twenty cities. You look at that list, you're like, man, I don't want to go to that city. Oh my god, <laughs> but, Regina again. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you're heading up to Regina. <laughs> yeah, I like it up there in Regina. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, but I, what I know that I can't find anywhere else is that hour and a half of freedom on stage yeah mm. and, but that that's the cost of that, that that's the price of a mission basically yes. right and, and, and so and, that's why that makes it makes the 20 cities worth it because yes. when we're there and we're talking to the people Nothing we're doing a live like podcast yeah. or a book reading it's the it's the flow state it's 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 alive it's yeah. weird you i hate touring, alive but if we could just tour all the time and that's how we you know did our business i actually would be okay with that even though i hate touring it is that it's so interaction with people that's yeah you can't replace it no yeah. and, and if you think about like my wife asked me over this quarantine. She's like, so what, what, what's the, why did you want to be away from me? Did you want? Mm. And I was like, that, not it at all. You know, with the, for sure the money and the next gig, but like also a little bit of chasing that dragon of being on stage. Mm -hmm. It's the only, I feel so alive on stage. I feel so free mm -hmm. and just, I almost feel more myself on stage than I do off stage. Mm. Yeah. I definitely feel more relaxed. Oh, wow. My shoulders are never up on stage. Mm. And I'll catch myself during the day walking around. I'm like, you're by yourself, dude. What? Just relax. Drop your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. But on stage, everything is just slowed down. And, and so I really, I chase that feeling. I wish I could find it somewhere else. Mm. I just don't know where else it is for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, but but I mean, yeah, it'd be great if you could teleport onto stage, uh, you know, every night. Come and, then, on. and then you were back, right? <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but but I mean, I think the the reality is there is a cost of doing whatever we do, whether it is you know the podcast or or writing a book and you know, arguing with a publisher about that or whatever. Like those aren't the parts that that we like. But it's sort of like it's the administration of life that allows you to have the the focus. I mean, what we want is to have more of that focus time and yeah. and less of the nonsense. But the nonsense, it, it often apes the form of, of productivity. You mentioned social media. I've got to, mm -hmm. yeah. And, well, and, and then we can even, because you are influential in a way, it's like, well, I, I, can, I have an excuse to get on there and post yes. and scroll and like and all this. I'm engaging with an audience. Mm. And it's like, are you really? It's also so ego-driven it's not a yeah. mistake that they call the, the people followers ah. right i'm like i have followers <laughs> well uh -oh. <laughs> oh, okay hey if that's how you that is like yeah. that word alone yeah and by the way 20 years ago no one had followers other than like cult leaders yeah jim jones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's crazy so you now we're all cult leaders but you also <laughs> this this social media and even podcast to a point has given a lot of us a false sense of self-importance mm, like oh, oh i totally. can tell these are my followers so i'm going to give them my opinion and they're going to believe that's what they're going to take as the gospel mm, truth right. which is, you can if you follow podcasts or anybody in social media it or it's dangerous. I'm yes. like, yeah, man. these people follow this person. They don't know anything about them except what's on their Instagram and what they're putting out about their fake life. Yeah. 
and their whatever their views they want to pretend to have or really have whatever. Mm-hmm. And these people are taking it like this is how I should live my life. Yeah, followers. It, it, it's it's, it's dangerous. It is. It, it, it makes us Ryan and I. Before you got here, we were just talking about how like this is the mommy and daddy syndrome. It's I either want the government to take care of me or yeah. now it's I want an influencer to take care of me. How? Well, to give me the template. And I think Ryan and I are really careful because he and I have radically different beliefs about spirituality. We have different beliefs uh, uh, about politics. We voted for two different people in the last election uh, let, let me guess you? which two no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't mean which one to get but right. well, yeah well yeah but there, well, there are actually more than two people to vote for in that well, last that's election right, yeah. <laughs> that's true there were yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there should have been more <laughs> right and so i i think what what we what, what we've identified here is that we we can be you know different human beings fuck where was i going with this mm. i was i was so Different human being, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're careful with our message. Like yeah. we don't, we don't try to proselytize. We oh don't yeah, tr- that's it. Uh, recipe instead of a template. Right. So like, I, yeah. I, I think that there is a, um, if, if you're trying to follow exactly the template, then you want to, and you want to be, you know, whoever Logan Paul or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, good luck. You can't, you, you can't be Logan Paul, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be Ryan Nicodemus, you can't. But you can look at his recipe and say, oh, I like that ingredient. I like that ingredient. Mm-hmm. That one's disgusting. I don't like that. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you can kind of create your own recipe yeah. in a way. And I think that's what we're really careful. Like Ryan said, not to proselytize. Yeah. Should we get any of these questions? You think? Yeah, but probably. This is going to go on forever. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm happy for it to go on forever. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot to talk about. Let's uh, let's answer at least one question here. All right. Speaking of Saskatchewan, yes, we have Aaron and Regina. <laughs> I've completely minimized my life, except my boyfriend. I haven't minimized him in any kind of way. So I guess I should first state that he's perfect otherwise, because I know you're going to tell me that I can't change people around me, but I can change people around me. He likes to pile up dishes at the sink, in the sink, all around the house. And I had an epiphany today that what if I just box up my entire kitchen and just leave him one plate, you know, one set of utensils, you know, coffee mug that can be used for juice and coffee and um, take all that stuff with me when I leave for work next week and just kind of see how that holds up. So I guess I'm just asking for some advice on living with someone who can't seem to put anything away and just has no plans to do that. But other than that, they are perfect. Speaking of passive-aggressive behavior, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I I mean, I, I... Aaron, I actually respect that you're trying to do something. And yes, you're right. So we've got this little line. It's, it goes, uh, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning you can't yeah. force someone to change. Yeah. yeah. But you can surround yourself with people with similar values, et cetera, right? right. Now, here's the thing. Like, you got to ask yourself. This is really, we were talking about cost of admission earlier, but this is her cost of admission. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I makes me laugh when you get married or you move in with somebody and then you try to change him. No, hey, you bought this ticket. This is what comes with the ticket. Yeah. There's nobody perfect. So you can't marry somebody or move in with them and then be like, hey, so I'm going to change this about you. No, 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 no. Right. You knew this was the deal. Yep. Yeah. Like this was, there are certain things about my wife, about all of our partners. Yeah. You don't love, mm-hmm. but I can't, that's who she is. Mm-hmm. So I got to take, there's nobody perfect. No. I can't tinker until I find perfection is never going to happen. Right. Nope. If you don't, if that's the only problem, I think you made out 
pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They're you, perfect otherwise? Uh, th- uh, yeah. That sounds pretty perfect, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, all you got to do is his dishes. Like, Yeah, listen, Aaron, wash a dish. That's right. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> No, man. I mean, you know, with like uh, Mariah and I, my wife and I, uh, like she does the dishes and, and like it's 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 great. Like I really appreciate it. But there are some times where she's like, hey, look, if you got one dish, like just don't leave it in the sink. Go ahead and do it. So there are certain things that she asks me that I'm willing to sacrifice. And when I'm willing to sacrifice stuff for her, she's willing to sacrifice stuff for me. And that's what a relationship is. So the question, Aaron, is like, you know, are what are you sacrificing for him? And can you go to him and say, hey, look, like for this to really work better, like I really love to sacrifice this for you. Do you mind doing X, Y, and Z for me? And, and you maybe can get a conversation started there. But yeah, I totally agree. Like if he was always piling up dishes, you can't just expect that he's not going to do that. Um, no, but you can't have a conversation yes, with him. Yes, 100%. And you can tell him how important it is. And, and not in a way, here's the thing. We want to, we want to avoid three things. We want to avoid blaming and shaming and i think i think and that's passive aggressive <laughs> action yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah 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 and, and instead we, we and also like name naming like name calling yeah, right yeah. so that can be passive aggressive way or that can just be aggressive right. depending on how you handle it and so i think that's often the problem here is what what happens is intellectually we know this isn't on par with what we want and so but we react emotionally mm-hmm. can't believe you. you you're just gonna leave those dishes in the sink like that yeah yeah and it's like well maybe there's a better way hey can i talk to you about this look i know I, i've got a little bit of ocd and i don't like having dishes in the sink yeah. would you five words that always help me would you be willing to yeah would you be willing to do the dishes after you we're done eating dude mm-hmm. totally what's yeah. gonna say no i hate you that's exactly you? that's exactly I mean, what mariah she only had, had to ask me like one time or say something like that one time she was like basically talking about how she felt disrespected if i just left like one dish in the sink and I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was making you feel disrespected. So that was, but she didn't come to me and be like, really? What What the heck's your problem, dude? Yeah. Like, you're a freaking slob. What is, I mean, like, if she would approach me that way, I probably would not have. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, um, both Beth and I had dish piling tendencies. Uh-huh. And so I told her, I go, hey, here's what we're going to do for a week. Paper plates. Yeah. Do you like eating on paper plates? And she, in plastic forks and everything. So everything we just picked and threw away. She was like, I don't, this makes me feel like a child. I'm like, then we gotta, we gotta do better. Yeah, yeah. Together we gotta do better because I'm just as bad. Yeah. Mm. And if there's a period where like, you know, you're like, we both get in those head spaces where we know that might pile up in the, in the pile up head space. And she's a, she's, she'll say, let's go paper this week. Dude, together yeah. we gotta do better. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Erin has to approach this with her partner. Well, that's yeah. maybe, yeah. so for, for what she and I have been trying to do together, it works better if I go, hey, let's do this together. Yeah, of course. That's, I'll, I'll wash them up, you dry them off. And that way, even if they're my dishes or even if they're her dishes or whatever they are, they're our dishes. We yeah. live in the place together. Yeah. Uh, but there are, there are things about, like I said, there are things about Beth that I just, uh, shh. I'm not going to say any because I know she's going to listen well, to this. But, <laughs> but 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 there there but but but, that, the, but I have said to her, I know this is part of who you are. Yes. So yeah. she was like, "That bothers you." I'm like, "Yeah, but I know this is part. This was part of. Th- mm. I knew this about you when we got married. So it's not like I'm going to marry you now. Change. Like I can't. Th- I felt like that was a really unfair thing for me to do. If it bothered me so much, I sh- we shouldn't have got married. And yeah. that's the m- most mature stance because quite often it's the opposite. Like we got married, now it's time for you to change into right. the person that I aspired to marry. Yeah, yeah. A- and of course that doesn't work. Now I think what you're saying here, and I love this, is it is possible to dislike certain aspects of someone and still love the whole person. 
and, totally. and I think if, if we can, if we can, right? yeah, yeah, if we can make that distinction, like I'm going to, dis- there's certain things Ryan does, I dislike, there's certain things I do that he dislikes. Yeah, but but I can even appreciate those differences between us, man. I think and, ultimately that's where you want to get is, yeah. is is being able to respect and appreciate those differences. But but first, the first step is tolerating, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to you have to get toward <laughs> respecting. Like Californians in general, they're very tolerant. Remember when we first came to California? I'm like, everyone's so nice here. The first time we were ever in California, yeah. And this, we were in Chipotle line, and this lady turned around. She's like, "We are not nice. We are tolerant." <laughs> <laughs> I will say that's true. For the last couple months, I've really made a an, uh, my point when I walk my dog or go anywhere. I eye contact and say hello to everybody. Mm. Yeah. Because everybody's all masked and it's like yeah. so hidden now yes. that for me, more than ever, it's important to show you I'm not afraid of you, dude. Right. So yeah. hello. Yeah. And. That's true because some people just look at you like, what the fuck? Like, no, <laughs> right. not even a hello back. Right. They're not used to the friendly part of it. They're more yeah. tolerant. They're, yeah. they're not going to tell you to fuck off, but they're not going to say hello either. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Massachusetts in a okay. small little town okay. um, in Western Mass. And so okay. we were all friendly. Yeah. Like, right. That yeah. was not even an issue for us. But. I think like saying hello to people on the street is it's so fascinating how much people don't expect it. They don't yeah. expect any kind of interaction with somebody they don't know. <laughs> yeah, they almost jump. Yeah, up like any what do you kind want? Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah like what do you need something for me? I, you know, right. in New York, I like doing it. One of my favorite games in New York is to be overly friendly to strangers. <laughs> so I was in an elevator with this dude. It was just me and him. We were in a high rise. And we get in the elevator and, and you know, if it's just you and one of the person in an elevator, there's certain etiquette rules. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he stands in the back left, I stand in the back right. Right. I did I stood middle, shaded over a little to the left. So I was a little too close. Uh-huh. And I had my headphones in, but not on. Because I wanted to hear him. And as soon as we both get on, he took back left and I took center left a little back. <laughs> and I just heard him go. so we both hit our buttons and he was like 40 and i was like 21 and i'm sitting there and i'm just pretending to (laughs) sing my song and i can just hear him just heavy breathing in the bed just like (sighs) (laughs) all right in my floor open this and, is all pre-COVID, by the way. Pre-COVID. Like, yeah, this is all pre-COVID. This is when yeah. I was still traveling and yeah. actually getting in elevators with people. <laughs> and um, the elevators open up, and I hear him go, this is your floor, man. And I go, I'm on a ride up with you. And, <laughs> and he just put his hand over the door, and he goes, the fuck you are. This is your floor. <laughs> but I like doing that stuff, man. For I me. A friend, Julian, you know, Julian Smith, yeah. he... Uh, he he likes to make himself uncomfortable, like it, just to like stress stretch his comfort zone a bit, and I think that's one of the, also one of those keys to to satisfaction. Is I stre- do that too. I yeah, like so it. so I, I think that helps you you know be comfortable in more scenarios. Anytime he gets on an elevator, he just continues to face the back the entire time, even if it's a full elevator. So everyone's facing the other way, and he just keep because I mean you get on that way, everyone just turns around though, right? I love and he, that. And he just I'm- doesn't turn around. And he just. Hey, he'll just stand there, floor eleven, I'm definitely please. Definitely doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely. I like. That's great. Feeling uncomfortable. I like 
making other people feel uncomfortable mm. not in a gotcha way i uh -huh. don't like doing that but i like the shared experience of <gasps> i love that feeling i mean this is really how i live my life i enjoy if you're not watching us on youtube his shirt says i like weird shit i it. do i like it so much yeah. if you ever start a sentence hey do you want to see i'm like just stop right there yes yeah <laughs> if i've never seen it before the answer is, i do want to see yes yeah. i want to see that yes <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to skip uh, Lottie's question. Aaron, I'm going to send you a copy of our first book, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. There's a relationship chapter in there. We talk about the three different types of relationships. I won't go into detail right now, but if you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. Or if you want the book book or the ebook version, we'll send you a copy of those as well. Ryan, what time is it? It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to... Area code 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts, strangely enough, go to both of our phones. We answer <laughs> as many as we can. Um, but we answer some on, on the podcast as well. Now, now, Josh, here's what we try to do during the lightning round. We answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Okay. But not really. We just, <laughs> <laughs> just ramble and ramble. We, we Podcast Sean will clean it up and post. Yeah. Yeah. It'll look real good, man. <laughs> he, he finds something beautiful. He puts it in the show notes so people can copy and share our, our pithy answers on social media. We got a question from Leisha. How will I know when I've found the one? Woo. Yeah. Man. Um, here, here, I'll give you an opinion. In fact, on the Maximal, I'm going to read this excerpt from our forthcoming book about this. The, it's called The One Lie. Because so, I, I, ultimately, I think the the idea of finding the one, yeah. like, I get it. There's a lot of romantic comedies that make me feel like my wife is the one. Right. Sure. There yeah. are other ones, though, Yeah, I if mean, I'm being honest. Well, people who have been married more than once right. yeah. would tell you that they thought that first one was the one, yeah. and now the second one is the one. And it's interesting, too, because like, they actually could have been the one. For the for you know for the ten years and then, I mean shit changes man people change it's like it's yeah so I think I agree with you the the, the one is a lie you have to be open to that person always maybe being the one but also open to like maybe they won't be the one one day yeah. you know there's nothing wrong with approaching a relationship like that I feel like I, first I will say you mentioned romantic comedy and you give me a McConaughey failure to launch vibe. <laughs> 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 Do I? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all, all right, all yeah. right, all right. But I, I, I don't know about the idea of the one. Yeah. Mm. I can tell you this: when I met my wife, ten days later, I called my parents, and this is never I never talked about marriage before, and I was like, oh, I'm marrying her. Mm. There was something about her in specific mm. that was just different, made me feel differently than anybody I had ever met. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so um, I don't like I don't know about that. And I don't know if it's, God forbid anything ever happened or we broke up, mm -hmm. if I would ever feel that way about somebody else. I sure. have no idea. Right. I do know that this woman was different than any other woman I had ever met before. Yeah. Yeah. And when I met her, I don't know if you know this about me. I was a single dad. I was raising three kids. Right. And they're, they're all grown now. They're, they're all grown. Yeah. Um, two of the, I had met a woman early on in my life who had two kids and we had a kid together. When, and when we broke up, I kept all three kids. Mm. And so when I met Beth, um, you know, that feeling for the one, oddly enough, I had kind of reserved for my kids. Mm. I was like, this is where my heart is going to be. Yeah. From here on out. We're yeah. definitely going to be talking about that because, uh, yeah, I, I think this idea of love is like there are different kinds of yes. love, right? But and I had never felt when she when I met her after a couple that first night I was like this just must be because I hadn't 
been close to a grown woman a long time. This is why I, because I had just been with three kids and I had in my brain, you know, it's funny in my brain, people had always tried to set me up. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going out. I'm at a seven as far as seven to 10 happy. Mm. I know what it's like. One of these breakups brings you down to a zero. Yeah. I'm not willing to go to zero with these three kids. So seven is cool. I'm happy. I'm raising these kids. They bring me so much joy. There's a part of my life. I'm just going to neglect for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't really willing to risk going back down to that fucking bottom mm-hmm. with the three kids. It it was just crushing doing it before. Yeah. But meeting her right away was like, oh, this is a different. Yeah. This is a different person. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I agree with you. I think Ryan and I both felt that about our wives yeah. as well. So, but but what I'm th- saying with respect to the one, in fact, uh, Dan Savage has this great line. He says, "There is no one, so find your 7.9 that yeah. rounds up to one." Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and because you even talked about how like there are certain things, or when we go talk about Aaron's question, the dishes. Well, he's not the one. He's maybe he's the the 9.7 though that you can round up, or the, yeah. the 0.97 you can round up to a one, yeah. and and. I think, unfortunately, looking for the one sets a really bad expectation because it presupposes they're going, there's going to be the perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're, when we're seeking that, we're, we're just setting ourselves up for you know, tumbling down a hill of discontent. I think romantic comedies do a complete... Hollywood does a complete disservice to actual relationships. Because yeah. you see these two people and you're like, oh, I should feel like that. And this relationship, well, it's not that one mm-hmm. that I saw on TV. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that feeling. And guess what? That feeling doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like that... Here's a here's the bottom line. I'll tell you this right now. I love my wife. I don't love her enough to stand out in the rain and kiss her with my jeans on. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is a romantic comedy thing. You're not going to find anybody I like willing enough to stand out in wet jeans. You like, know, wet jeans is the worst feeling ever. Dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just a, <laughs> so I love you, but not wet jeans. Yeah, love not you, wet you know jeans I mean? love you. Oh my god. Yeah. You know what's funny about those movies is that the the movie is the story leading up to that kiss which is really the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. It's leading up to them finally getting together. You don't see the movie about after they get together and have kids yeah. and have all the other shit that happens in life. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah, I totally agree, man. It's it's a bit of a disservice because that feeling, you might be able to capture that, that you know, kissing someone in the rain feeling, but that's, that's, that's not going to last forever. That is a... That's a pleasure mm-hmm. that is ephemeral, and it's okay to feel that pleasure. But yeah. to expect to feel that pleasure a hundred percent of the time, up until the day you die, like that's—that's that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that? It's not that that pleasure might not—you might not get it for a second. But to expect your relationship day in and day out to be this fairy tale, mm-hmm. and not to—I think people pull the plug on relationships, to marriages especially, mm-hmm. too quickly now. Yeah, like yeah, as soon as there's that. one lull. Yeah. They think, well, that's the fucking end of the relationship. Right. That's it. But you're going to have lulls. Yeah. You just got to ride them out together. Yeah. Like, we've been together since 2001. There have been a lot of ebbs. Yeah. Right. But you just have to go, this is an ebb. I think mm-hmm. you got to make sure you're still compatible, though. Uh, our friend, Dr. Christopher Ryan, uh, he, he talks about the three things that are necessary in a relationship. So instead of looking for the one, I'd probably look for these three things. First off is chemistry. And I think that's what you're talking about. When you when you met your wife first day, of course there's chemistry, yes, right? Yeah. We often mistake lust for love. Um, but I think 
there's chemistry in other relationships as well, non-sexual relationships. Like Ryan and I have a particular chemistry. We even use those terms, right, when we're talking. On, so any relationship has chemistry. Any relationship has love, any good relationship at least. And any relationship has compatibility. Those three things are required. I think the problem quite often is that we, hold, we get into a relationship because one or maybe even two of those are working, right? Yeah. And it's just the, the chemistry. It's there. We're all over each other all day. It's great. And yeah, of course I love her. I have this deep affection for this person, right? But then you realize like, oh no, we're not compatible. And there could be a, a thousand, thousand reasons why you're not compatible. Like if uh, your wife is like, no, I hate kids. I never want to see a kid in my life. You'd be like, well, that's kind of be kind of a problem for us, right? <laughs> right. You see those three people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she's like, could you just put a blanket on them? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Have a packing party with them. Just tell me what time they go to sleep. I'll be over after that. Right. And, and so I think we, we have to realize that like quite often, we're not compatible. Now, there are other things that happen as well. When we get into toxic relationships, then, of course, you want to abandon that as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. If someone is behaving in a toxic way, whether it's verbal abuse or, or God forbid, violence or mm -hmm. something, um, let go of that. Um, because th that rage stems from a deep sort of insecurity or immaturity, as do any of our sort of anger issues. I think they often stem from this place of, of insecurity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately, though, Alicia, uh, you want to you want to realize that you are complete in an empty room, right? Mm -hmm. And so, whoever you bring into your life, they're going to enhance or augment or amplify your experience of life. They're not going to complete you. They're not the one that completes you. You're already complete. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so we've had time to prepare for this uh, answer. So um, we've got yeah, we've got some pithy stuff ready. Mine is love from another is not a substitute for self love, and I think. Um, People, they often tell themselves, if I find the one, then my life is going to be complete. And it's really what I'm saying. It's the same thing as Josh, is you have to be really comfortable with yourself. And then you can bring someone in to like amplify your life. But love from someone else is not going to, uh, it's, it's not going to be a substitute for that love that you need to have for yourself or that acceptance that you need to have for yourself. Even though it seems like a really easy fix. Like, yeah. oh man, I got a bad life. I, I really don't like who I am. I need to find someone who loves me. That'll make me feel good. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it actually makes you feel worse because then you got someone who loves you and who's treating you well, but you still don't feel like you deserve that love. So then that comes out in other ways. Josh, have you ever felt like you've gotten into a relationship or known anyone who's gotten into a relationship who didn't really much like themselves and they thought that it was going to fix them in a way? Oh yeah. You know, um, <sighs> one of my... Mm. It's mm. <laughs> so it's a okay. There's somebody who's very close to me. I'm not gonna. You don't have to say any we names. We won't go name. Yeah. But uh, we'll it's say it's Tim, a friend, friend, of yeah. a friend of a friend. It's it's heartbreaking for me mm. um, because she is incredibly unhappy with who she is and has turned to um, alcohol mm. and dudes to try to fill that hole yeah, and has, is willing to do things that she doesn't like and is willing to be a person that she doesn't want to be in order to keep somebody's love. Mm. And it's heartbreaking for me to watch because, and, and it, the, the, the thing that really makes you beat your head against a wall, which is like, how come that person doesn't see? And it doesn't matter how many times you say it to him. I mm. wish you saw, what we see yeah. when you look at yourself in the mirror, yeah. but she doesn't, she has zero self-worth. She has 
zero feelings that she's lovable or that she's worth love. And so she's constantly chasing it from people. And because of that, is never finds it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, she's always feeling empty. Yeah. You can't fill a, a hole with a cup in it. Yeah. Or a cup with a hole in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like or the other way. Yeah, yeah. A hole with a cup in <laughs> yeah, it. You, that's great. Yeah. But but I, I too, you know, I battle a little bit with depression. Mm. And I can feel it coming. And even though I'm cognizant of it and I know when I'm in it, um, I'm always looking for other things. Or And so when I'm depressed... I smoke more weed or I'll, uh, whatever it is to fill, fill, fill. Mm -hmm. So I'm the reason I see it so much in her and it's so heartbreaking. I feel it for like maybe a week every it's dark. Those are dark, deep places. Mm. When I talk to her, she's like, this is where I am all the time. Mm, damn. All the time. Yeah. And so it's really heartbreaking to know that she's, she feels stuck. And I, and I, there's nothing that I feel like that anybody from the outside can really do until she gets tired of feeling that way i don't know how to if she can be you know your instinct is to rescue or to go help and mm -hmm. so it's a really tough situation for me and and beth because we're both super close to her and and um feel super helpless but just watch from the outside as that drain just gets circled all the time you know yeah i don't know like do you is there any i mean it's i think when you're in that a place like that like you have to you have to stop bringing in external things to try and fill that hole. So how do you get her to that point? Yeah. Like someone, someone is not going to get help until they want help. And the help that I would recommend for someone like that is you got to surround yourself with like an awesome community. So whether that's like a racquetball club yeah. or church, whatever it is, like find a community that you, that a supportive community that you can get behind and go talk to a professional, man. Like there are, I got a, I got an awesome therapist and I'm telling you, Having a good therapist is like one of the best tools that you can have in life. She lies to her therapist. Yeah. So she's got to be honest first. <laughs> she lies to her therapist. She lies to herself. Yeah. The only therapist that stuck, I finally found out that she stuck because the therapist wasn't challenging her. Oh, yeah. So she was lying to the therapist and telling, and I would talk to the therapist and be like, what's the deal? And she said, "Well, this is what she's saying," and I, I was like, "This is not the truth." Yeah. And you're letting her get away with that. With so, lying, yeah. so there's no honesty in the safest place possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no honesty. It's been really tough to watch um, because you're constantly cha you think somebody else's love is going to make you whole, mm -hmm. and it, it just but because that person who's chasing that love always finds unhealthy love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she's willing to be treated in whatever manner that person wants to treat her, as long as he stays. There, yeah, there, there's a there's just a, there's a temporary thing that she's obviously getting from the alcohol and from the men, and that's just it. It's temporary. That's why she just continues to go after it. But it makes me think. I had a family relative who uh, they were addicted to heroin. Had a few family relatives addicted to heroin, um, and this fa this parent of this family member brought me in and they're like dude he's off the rails like we uh, just tell him something to to help him and i'm looking at him and he's just like hey, what's up hey, what's up and i i'm like there's nothing to do here like this kid does not want help 
Like there That's is, it, right? there is not, there's nothing for me to say to this person. Like they don't want help. They're going to, I could, I could give them the best Tony Robbins speech that they've ever <laughs> heard right now. Like the most motivational speech that this person has ever heard, but I can see that they don't want the help. So no matter how much help you give someone, if they don't want it, like they're never going to fix themselves. She's got to start being honest with herself, but until she wants to change, like, what are you going to do? You can't yeah. force someone to be honest with you themselves. Can't, you can't, you can't drag him or her kicking and screaming to success, right? Like mm. I'm, I'm going to make you successful. I'm going to make you whatever. Yeah. It goes back to the whole thing. You can't change the people around. You can't actually change someone unless they're trying to change. Yeah. I don't think people actually hate change though. They hate being changed. Mm-hmm. We all like good changes, mm-hmm. right? Like, like if all of a sudden you look in your banking account and there was an extra hundred thousand dollars in there, I love this kind of change. Like, yeah. is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're the hundredth guest. What? <laughs> <laughs> or you get a pair of pants out and there's like a pocket full of change in there. You're like, yeah. I love this change. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch someone you love not, you, you know, you want to shake change into them, mm. but you can't, you know, I've had addicts in my family and like, it's heartbreaking to watch, but you, you do realize like, there's nothing I can do to change. This goes back to that question for the woman washing the dishes. There's nothing I can do to change you. Mm. Zero things that I'm going to say mm-hmm. is going to change who you are. It might change my behavior temporarily. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to feel a resentment because of it, though. Mm-hmm. And and that's the resentment's obviously never good for the relationship. All right. Before we get into our listener tips and added value segment today, it looks like we have a bunch more surprise questions this week. Yes, indeed. Uh, including why is Josh Wolf moving to Nashville? Where are the minimalists considering moving? What should I do when my values and my partner's values simply don't align? How do you check in on an introvert during hard times without overwhelming that person? How do I find a middle ground with a partner who is hard to deal with? Plus a million more questions for Josh Wolf and the minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, check out our maximal episodes on the minimalist private podcast. It's a completely separate podcast. Our private podcast is, and it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn any income because we don't believe in advertisements. By the way, if you're not subscribed to our private podcast, you're literally missing two thirds of our show. So try it out for three or four weeks. We think you'll get immense value from it. It's worth way more than the $2 that we, we charge you. It's worth at least two fifty. <laughs> $250 a day. No, I mean, actually it's, it's like, it's like what? 25 cents a day or something like that. It's relatively inexpensive, but what you get for it is these really deep conversations where we let our hair down. We're able to talk about some things. In fact, with Josh Wolf, there's quite a few things that I know for a fact we wouldn't talk about on public because I know he wouldn't be comfortable talking about some of these things in public. So if you want to check out all that, it's our private podcast. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, this is Anson Feller. I'm calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm a designer and frequently help clients navigate through the process of creating an intentional home. And in this process, I avoid trends at all costs. If we really look at what trendy design is, um, we see that it's designed to encourage consumerism. Companies are motivated to make products that will eventually go out of style. So I direct clients to architectural and design history to inform the style of the home. Quality is just as important in function as it is in design. 
Hi, this is Tracy from Madison, Wisconsin, and I wanted to share that over the last uh, maybe six weeks to two months, my relationship with social media has drastically changed because my intention with it has really changed. Um, mainly, I'm a kidney donor, and I started really speaking up about it and trying to educate people and becoming a resource for people who were curious about it because there's so few out there because this happens, but almost nobody talks about it. And it's been so rewarding in that almost, well, every week a new person or even more than one person will contact me about donation. And it is the most rewarding way I have used social media. I also talk about finances, which was actually spurred from the budget podcast by The Minimalist. And I have gone like hellbent on paying off debt, not using credit cards. And I now have this ripple effect in my social network of other people that are doing the same thing. So it feels good to be intentionally spreading the good and sharing the things most people don't talk about and seeing really positive results and even richer and more positive connections coming back from that. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Josh Wolf for joining us today. Yeah. Two places to send you. He's hilarious. I think his YouTube channel is a great gateway into his comedy, short clips. He has so many, especially if you if you have kids, but even if you don't have kids, it's hilarious. Um, it's a it bond. There's bonding within his humor mm. in a way that, I don't experience with a whole lot of comedians. Yeah. And he has some great specials. What's the one that you watched recently? Father of the Year. Yeah, Father of the Year. So good. So you can check that out. But also yeah. his YouTube channel, just these short three, five, ten minute clips of him on stage. But also, uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Let's put a link to his Facebook fan page as well because twice a week he does two live shows on Facebook. Hundreds of thousands of people watch these things. One is called Controlled Chaos. The other is called A High Live. We'll talk to him about both of those on the Maximal episode. But check those out. His Facebook fan page, it's really the place where he's able to get personal and be himself unencumbered. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. For added value this week, Ryan, I don't know if you've heard it yet. Uh, Sufjan Steed, Stevens' new album just came out. It's called The Ascension. No. You know Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Sufjan. I like, I, I like some of his albums. He's so experimental sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like He made a classical album a few years ago. Hmm. Remember there was a time where he was experimenting. He was going to do a album titled after every state. So he put out an album called oh, Michigan, yeah. one called Illinois. I think Illinois might have been like his sort of breakthrough independent album. Yeah. But um, his album that came out last decade, I think it was, what, what year was that? 2011, 2014, uh, 2013. It's called Carrie and Lowell. It's one of my favorite albums of the I'm decade. Sure I don't think I've listened to that one. It's super singer songwritery, okay. but this new album, it's called Ascension and it's kind of ethereal. I don't even know how to describe it. It's ethereal. It's like if singer-songwriter met Sigaros. I was just thinking, like, when I think ethereal, Sigaros is the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. Or it, first band that comes to mind. Well, it, yeah. the title of it's Ascension, and it feels like I'm ascending into something when I'm mm. listening to it. And, and so I would definitely recommend it. I'm really getting value from it. Uh, my favorite, favorite song from there is called Video Game. Mm. And so... Um, I would encourage you to check it out, but the, the whole album is out there now. It's called Ascension, and it's definitely worth a listen. All right, real quick for right here, right now. Here's one thing that's going on in the life of The Minimalist. Well, I think it's your life, too, because a new month is right around the corner. In just a couple days, uh, we're going to have a brand new month, and that means it's time for a new 30-day minimalism game. TheMinimalists.com slash game to figure out what the heck is the minimalism game. Real quick, basically you uh, you partner up with someone, a friend, family member, coworker. Beginning of the month, you each get rid of one item on the first day. 
Two items on the second day, three items on the third day. Whoever goes the longest wins. If you both make it to the end of the month, you've both won because it's about 500 items, which is a really good start when you're decluttering. The reason you want to head on over to theminimalists.com slash game, though, there's a free calendar you can download. Also instructions for the game as well. The game is completely free to play. The calendar is free to download, and it tracks how many items you're getting rid of each day. I would encourage you to find a friend or family member and let go together. It makes decluttering a little bit more fun. The 30-day minimalism game. You can follow The Minimalist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalist. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails whenever we send those. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people. And use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need, every little thing you think that you need, every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.